Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. Karen Kruger is a breast cancer survivor. Her diagnosis turned her life completely upside down, just like the woman we spoke to last night who does the jogging, who had breast cancer, and she jogs topless now for cancer awareness. And she struggled to cope with why this was happening. She learned that doctors could manage the illness for her, but she was the only one that could control her own attitude. She found this one the most difficult part of the journey, uh, but one of the main ways that she got through it. And Karen's experiences led her to become a cancer coach, helping others who are on their own journeys with cancer gain back control of their lives. And she's on the line to talk to us. Karen, hi, good afternoon, or good evening to you. How are you? Hi, Niall. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Uh, Karen, I mean, we, we spoke to a lady last night, uh, coincidentally, who had bre- uh, breast cancer, but for different reasons. She uh, does marathons topless because she had a double mastectomy yeah. and she wanted to raise cancer awareness, which is really important. But I, I kind of touched on the whole, the day you're given the diagnosis. And that day that you were given the diagnosis as well, it's a devastating day. when the first When people hear the word cancer, they think of death sentence. That's the first thing they think of in their head, I imagine. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And um, you feel like you're living somebody else's life. You don't feel like it's, it's well, at least for me anyway, it, it didn't feel like it was happening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it took it took a while for it to sink in um, and a lot of a lot of disbelief, you know, like anything, you know, like any massive change in your life, you don't believe it. And then slowly it, it, it sinks in and it's um, you do feel like, you know, the walls around you are, are caving in on top of you. Um, and you, you know, you're struggling to to breathe. You know, in a way, um, it was, yeah, it was really frightening and something that, you know, you you can't. It's hard to deal with on your own. You need you need people around you. Um, and not everybody so, has somebody to lean on. I suppose in those situations, most people do, but not, not everybody does. Yeah, and I suppose everybody deals with things differently. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is really important to have that support around you, um, and and some people don't have that, and that's why we're so lucky to have lots of, um, you know, cancer mm. support centres out there that that do phenomenal work. Um, but yeah, going back to that 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 time, it certainly is a very overwhelming time. And um, was it positive in a know, sense? When I say positive in a sense, when you were given the negative diagnosis, obviously, and and felt the world was crashing down around you at that moment in time, when you were sitting there staring at a doctor who's giving you this bad news, and I'm sure. Everything, once they mention the word cancer, everything is just like blah, 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 blah after that because you're thinking yeah. the worst. But do they, was it positive in the sense that, but look, don't worry, we can do something about this? Or, I mean, was that when you were given your diagnosis? That is that the way it was put to you? So, I mean, are they, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, is the, people, the people who give you that news, are they well trained to deal with that or to give that news or impart that information? Yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're, when you're brought into the room and, given the information there's there's generally a nurse there um that is um specialized in the, in the cancer um diagnosis um um supports you in your journey um from the moment you're diagnosed through to um when you start your treatment so you have the oncologist or the the, the breast surgeon there giving you the, the you know the the objective the news and the very you know informed educated and then you have somebody there that it fills in in between the gaps, you know, and 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 helps you pick up where you you didn't hear, and that's why it's important always to bring somebody with you to your your meetings, your your appointments, is that you've got somebody there picking up where 
where the patient won't hear, you know, because mm. they're overwhelmed, like you said, with all of that information. Um, so um, that the, the hospitals are, well, at least my, you know, I was very lucky to have that nurse there um, and she supported me and she was at the end of the phone giving me my results of my tests along the way and, you know. Because communication is the key, isn't it? Yeah, the communication is the key. I mean, in bad situations, no matter what it happens to be, if people are not communicating, or the experts, so to speak, in Berger Commons, are not communicating with you, then your mind starts to stray into all sorts of negative dilemmas. So the communication is the key to all this, isn't it? Communication is key. Listening is key. Writing your your notes down and taking, bringing somebody in with you. I mean, I went through it during COVID, so it was tricky, but I was able to bring my husband with me. Um, and, you know, to remember that you can always go back and ask questions after your appointment. Yeah. Write emails, call call their office and, yeah. and ask. And that's what I do a lot because a lot of the time you go home and you're like, what was it that I needed? I forgot to ask them this or, yeah. you know, and, and that's why you have that support there. Um, the cancer um, nurse, the specialist, they're, they're amazing for those dealing with those types of, of, of situations, you know. So, I mean, for you as well, you're a qualified executive and leader coach, 19 years experience in leadership and organisation development. So I suppose for you, you kind of have to take your own lessons then, don't you? Because you're the type of person who normally tells people to take control of their lives, be organised, think about what you're actually yeah. listening to and think about it logically and not go bonkers. So you, you basically have to take your own life lessons now. You're teaching yourself, aren't you? I did. I did. I did very much. <laughs> and um, it was certainly, it was very challenging, you know, because at the start I was I was really fighting for my life. You know, that's what it felt like to me is that I was fighting for my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, but I had, I had, you know, I, I suppose I was always lucky and had strategies to help me with challenge my negative thoughts. So when I had a negative dark thought, you know, I, I processed it and dealt with it in a certain way. And you know, I wrote mantras down on my phone. So every time I had a dark thought, I looked at my phone and I had these like sort of affirmations and mantras and things that just helped me sort of bank, try and build my resilience. But like, just very hard, very, yeah. very hard. And, yeah. you know, especially with studying psychology and, you know, knowing about depression from a reading in a book and, and yeah. speaking to people is not the same as when you... When you're in that, when you're in that position yourself, yeah. I mean, you, you would it love to have you so sitting... Be, it'd be great if you could have you sitting beside you telling you how to deal with this because that would be the best way out of it, I suppose, wouldn't it? It's just, you know, it's so different. It's yeah. so different as when you, you go through it um, and, and you really see what it's like, you know. And did that but, give you yeah, a better... I mean, did that give you... Sorry for interrupting, but that did that give you a better appreciation of other people that you may train or you may talk to or, you know, give that kind of leadership advice to? Does that give you a better appreciation then because you now need the advice yourself? Of course, you know, any, you know, isn't it, you know, very much what they say is that, you you know, you don't really know something until you actually go through it yourself. Yeah. You certainly read about it, you learn about it, you talk to people, but when you go through it yourself, it's it's a whole different ballgame. You know, you relate on a different level. You can always relate to a certain extent, you know, and you can be really good at that and empathetic and listen, but like when you Mm. actually go through it, that's and what what was your diagnosis, by the way? How and how bad was the diagnosis at the time? Um, um, it was stage three. Okay. Um, her her two negative, estrogen positive, um, and so that's sort of the the technical aspect of it. Um, and it was five centimeters, 
uh, originally it was one centimeter. Okay. And they went and did more tests, and it was during that time, like that was a very scary time because yeah. you know what was happening. Um, and then so that was the diagnosis. And did, sorry for asking, then, but did you go to the doctor because of self-examination, or was was yes. it, yeah? Because we were talking about that yeah. last night, how important self-examination is. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I was, I was, um, I had my third child. He was mm. almost one at that point, and I was living very, very busy. I was just back to work, and I wasn't checking because I was completely self-absorbed and were not worried about my kids doing things with I know, everybody yeah. else. Yeah, the, the, there was and, no time you know, in your hands. Think, yeah, I know. Yeah, you don't think about it yourself. No, you know, you're, yeah. you're looking after everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. And no, so it was. It was something then, yeah, that that I found myself um, eventually, and um, and 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 went through that process of of, of speaking to the doctor and and starting the ball rolling. Um, so, that. what was the treatment? Um, what was the treatment for this uh, five centimeter? So the treatment was, yeah, was um, a mastectomy um, okay. and an auxiliary clearance. So they yeah. cleared the lymph nodes um, closest to the breast area and under the arm, and. Then there was um, uh, chemotherapy, uh, four months of chemotherapy, and then uh, radiotherapy after that. Um, and you know, uh, then you're left. Oh, off you go, out into the world. And are, are you in? Are you in remission <laughs> now? Are you in remission now? Yes, that's yes, great. Well, I'm, I'm glad to well. hear that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the lady we spoke to last night as well, similar to yourself, but she decided uh, on advice of a doctor to have her other breast removed just in case because obviously she was prone to it at that stage or she felt she was anyway, or the doctors felt she was. Um, and a question I asked her, and I'm going to ask you the same question because I remember interviewing somebody some time ago in relation to breast cancer. And for a woman to have her breast removed or to have a mastectomy is quite traumatic, not just from the surgical point of view, obviously, um, but from an emotional point of view, because, you know, breasts are something we associate with women and femininity and all those kind of things. Did that affect you? Was that traumatic for you? Yeah, I mean, I listened to the interview and I was thinking to myself, you know, I, I didn't I didn't feel massively, like I didn't feel really strongly like that about um, mm. having, having a mastectomy. I mean, for me, there's more, I suppose, and as you know, and everybody does, and you're not saying otherwise, but there's more to a woman than... Absolutely. aspect than than just the breasts and for me i i i was so happy when it was removed i was so happy because it was gone i, I looked at it and i said to myself well i looked at the situation and i said well thank goodness i am so lucky that i can have this removed there are so many people that have a different situation it's gone past that point yeah yeah i could have or i mean you know you can just isolate it and, and remove it I was, yeah very lucky um, and that's that was always my viewpoint when it comes when it came to, yeah. to the mastectomy um so I, I i i suppose i didn't feel i didn't i don't and, and didn't feel that way um, mm. um but, now, but now you're yeah, in remission just, and i suppose talking to other people and you're a cancer coach now and what does that involve and i suppose at what stage are people coming to you are they coming to you or talking to you when they've just been diagnosed or is it after they've gone into remission and they still have this fear or, I mean, what, at what yeah, stage? It, 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 it ranges, Niall. Mm. So um, you can get people coming um, shortly after they've been diagnosed. Um, sometimes it can be, and then there are people that come in after they've had their treatment or even during their treatment. Um, it really does depend. And, you know, there, there's a, 
there's an element where if somebody's coming to me, I need to to just check. I you know, do they should they be going to a therapist as well as as coming to me, or should they just be going to a therapist and dealing with things on an emotional level before coming? And, and looking at you know the goals and and motivation and and different ways of of living, you know, so it it does range, Niall, and it it does depend on their um, emotional state as well. Um, it's important that mm. you know because some people are stronger than others, aren't they? Naturally, some people can deal with those that kind of information, or they can park it better than others. I'm I'm not me. I'm not good at that. I'm a worrier. I I you know I'm one of these people. Thinks of the worst possible outcome. <laughs> That's that, yeah. maybe I'm just a very negative person, but, like, but when something goes wrong, I always think of the what's the worst possible outcome here, you know? Yeah, and I suppose you know everyone does deal with these things differently. Nobody knows exactly how they're going to respond in a situation like this. I yeah. certainly didn't. Yeah. No matter what I studied, I still didn't know how I was going to respond, and I still needed support from 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 people around me. I would not sit here and say how you know. I, I tackle this exactly like I would tell my clients to tackle it. You know, it's mm. very hard. Um, yeah, you've learned from your own mistakes you too. Know. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, of course. And you yeah. don't. You don't know how you're going to respond to it. But yes, people deal with things differently. People come at different stages of their diagnosis, and it's it's about just sort of assessing what's working for them at this particular point in time. Um, what works for them? What is it that they want to work on? What challenges do they have? You know. When you finish your chemo and you finish your radio, Niall, your your exhaustion levels are, are are you know that's one of the biggest mm. side effects. That yeah, of course. Can really talk about from from cancer treatments is, is the exhaustion, and you just can't understand where this exhaustion is coming from. When I finish my treatment, and why is this not helping? You know, why am I still like this? Why do I still feel unwell? You know, yeah. Why do I still feel you know rotten? Um, yeah. And you know that must so, have been hard for you, and, by the way, with a little baby as well, with a one-year-old at the time. Yeah, but, yeah absolutely. They keep you, they they keep keep you busy. You, they keep you grounded. <laughs> they pull you back to sense. You know. Yeah. So, I've just so peed in my nappy again. That. Forget about your yeah, problems. <laughs> Change you know my nappy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real problem here. Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> um, they certainly pull you around. Now they're yeah. amazing, but um. Mm. So I suppose there's very different issues that. Yeah. Oh, 100% total dis- uh, yeah. distraction. Um, do you put you know, do you put your um, life on hold? I mean, thankfully, touch wood, I have never been diagnosed with a very serious illness, but do do you put your life on hold? Does your life go on hold? Do you suddenly cancel that holiday next year? Do you do you not think about Christmas anymore or do you just think about getting to Christmas? I mean, is yeah. do, does your life kind of go on hold? It does. It does. It does differ, you know. I mean, you, you just mentioned there about children and being a distraction. You know, they do keep things going. But yes, I mean, you know, there are times where, you know, my my world, my world yeah. stood still, but everybody around me was still going. So my children were still going. They still needed to be brought to school. They still needed to do this, etc. So there was, you know, life went on as, as as it does. Nothing ever stands still. But yes, of course, you're starting to think about, well, you know, can I go away and can I do this? And uh, what about work? Am I going to be able to go back to work? What kind of work must I do? Is that still an interest in, you know, for me? Um, you know, so, yeah, you know, nothing stands still, but yes, gosh, you know, at that moment you are fighting for your life. You're trying to figure things out and it's so confusing. Yeah. It's so overwhelming. Um, there's a lot of support needed. 
And even after remission and after you've been told you've been given the all clear, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, and you're delighted with yourself and thank God for that, that was a close one or whatever. I mean, are you still in fear because you've had a diagnosis once? I can't imagine what it would be like to have a very serious diagnosis like that, have it go away, but then be thinking to yourself, oh, I hope it doesn't come back. Oh, I hope it doesn't come back. Is that something you carry with you constantly then all the time? It, it it can be, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the early days, I, you know, it was only, you know, 30 seconds since I last thought about it. You know, it was a bit like that at the very early days. Now, it's it doesn't consume me as much, you know, and for others, it doesn't consume them as much the more time that goes by. But 100% now, like when it happens and you're just finishing your treatment and you, you leave the hospital that day, you do think, oh my gosh, I, I don't have any treatment now anymore. What's happening? And, you know, could it come back? Will it come back? And where and every, everything you feel and everything you, every twinge you feel and every unwellness oh that you feel, you're kind of going, goodness. oh, is it back? Is, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Scan anxiety, you constantly fear, um, you know, live in, in fear. And I suppose it's about how do you, how do you manage that? Do you, you know, counter every negative thought with, you know, a logical positive one. You know, where are you looking for for the information? Are you going to Dr. Google? I was just going to mention Dr. Google. Did you go to Dr. Google? Very early on, I went online and and I (laughs) remember my husband telling me, are you mad? You you realise this is is just not going to work out very well for you. And my family as well. And that sort of, they pulled me back out of it. And well, Doctor Google will just tell you you're going to die, and that's the end of it, you know. Because Doctor Google <laughs> will tell you anything you want to hear. So yeah. now, you know, there are a multitude of incredible resources out there: Breast Cancer Research Ireland, mm. your Purple House, your ARC, your Cancer Support, Irish Cancer Society. There's so much, you know, information out there. So yeah, you steer away from Doctor Google. Doctor Google. I remember um, once years ago, I had a bit of a, I felt this kind of vibration on the side of my leg, like a nerve tingling. It was the side of my leg there, near my pocket. And I know you're going to say to me, was it your mobile phone? But anyway, I, 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 I didn't know what it was. It was really driving me mad for weeks. And I went down to Dr. Google and said I had Parkinson's disease. This is 12 years yeah. ago. I mean, it's, I, know, I didn't thankfully yeah. have Parkinson's disease. Yeah. It's, it turned out to be what they call a phantom. It's because if you have your mobile phone in a certain pocket all the time and it vibrates, that particular nerve gets kind of, it gets what they call a memory in it. Which, which means that you feel My it. Word, that's amazing. Yeah, that you feel that vibration, even though it might not be vibrating every now and again. So, But that's basically what it's caused by. That's the truth of it, not Parkinson's disease. Um, so I didn't have Parkinson's. But yeah. it's just amazing that people go on and scare themselves to death by going on Dr. Google. Yeah, what I try to tell them is that there are so many different types of cancer and there's only, you know, there's, there's one, you are like one individual. And yeah. Many millions of people. And, the research papers, they only look at a certain number of people. So, you know, they can't generalize to you. You're no, cancer is just a, an umbrella term, you know, really, isn't it? It's, you know, Karen's yeah. situation yeah. is very different to every other person out there. Yeah. Um, so to challenge yourself constantly and pull back from mm. from going on it. But it is it's difficult because it's right at the end of your hand, you know, Um but, the, uh, the other thing as well is, and I, and I spoke to the lady last night, and we were asking about reconstructive surgery. Is that something that people kind of think about quite a lot or whether they should or shouldn't do that? And, you know, is that is that a quandary for a lot of women when they have a mastectomy? Oh, 
Yeah, I mean, when you have your mastectomy, you're given the, um, you're, you're you're presented with an awful lot of information. What what solutions are best for you and mm. your specific situation? Not everybody can have um, a reconstruction. Not everybody can, you know, suit the different types of operations that you're you're. Mm. Um, was there, Louise? Was it that was talking yeah. about last night? So you know. Um, you're, you know, you've got, I mean, the amount of doctors and the consultants, they're just incredible. They come to you and they say, and they present all the different solutions for you. Yeah. And then that's when you make the decision yourself and you talk to the people, your loved ones, and you figure it out what's best for you. Um, but yeah, all that information is presented to you and you choose what, what works best for you. Um, I'm looking at some of the text comes in here. So we just texted and said, I've been diagnosed with breast cancer in the last four weeks. I am now consumed as Karen rightly says, by thoughts of it. I can't remember the last time I thought of anything but uh, cancer. It's awful. Uh, so what, what advice would you give to somebody that came to you who had literally only been diagnosed a few weeks ago? And obviously this lady has maybe everything to look forward to when I look forward to the treatments and everything else will all have to, will all have to be done. So what advice would you give to somebody who's consumed? Because I know what it's like to be consumed by something, you know, when things go wrong or whatever in your family or your work or whatever, and you get consumed. But normally it's only for a day. Because something consumes you because you're worrying about it. But I can't imagine what it would be like to be consumed by something permanently for a long period of time. What advice would you give to somebody in that situation? Yeah, I mean, you're you're having to look at the individual and, and all of the aspects that makes up that person. And, you know, you're, the type of things that you can you can do to manage those thoughts are, are firstly to not ignore them, as in so far as not say don't think of it because you, you're going to think about it no matter what you do. There's ways of processing it. There's journaling. There's um, listening to podcasts. There's keeping your mind busy. There's reading books. There's um, listening to music. There's talking to support people, mm. um, support network. There's your sense the community. If you can tap into uh, a community, um, the idea is to try and I suppose occupy your mind um, as much as possible. Um, and not try and not think about it, if that even makes sense. You know, it's, it's hard. I know it can say, be hard. Don't think about it, and yeah. all we want, we end up doing is thinking about it. But it's channeling the thoughts in a certain way. Allow the thoughts to come and pass, um, and, and 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 see how how they process through, and and then mm. move on to the next thing. And um, it's always trying to counteract some some negative with a positive. Um, that's why I had the, for me what worked for me was having my phone with various things written down. But like I said at the start, like it does depend on the individual. What works for me might not work for other people. So, you And then know, I suppose the other, the other aspects that we tend to forget about, sorry for interrupting, are the, the aspects of you're going for treatment, you're feeling unwell, you can't go to work. So there's a financial aspect and a financial cost to it as well, which is also another worry then that you have if you happen to have a mortgage and maybe you're a sole income earner. Um, you know, the, there are all those other worries that go along with that. That's oh, awful. It's yeah. all so consuming. The Irish Cancer Society are very supportive um, and, and they're very good to, to tap into um, for for financial support, people giving lists to treatments. And, um, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of support out there. The, the most horrendous thing, you know, cancer consumes your body and your, and, and your mind, but it does bring out the best in people. I mean, the things that people did for me during my treatment and you hear of other things that people do for, you know, those mm-hmm. in the community and everything. It does bring out the best in people. Um, so there is support. It's about asking for support. It's about 
mom and my sister came and cleaned my house, mm. you know, made food for me, brought food, brought me out for walks, my friends, um, you know, coming out for walks with me and, and keeping me company. So you have to, and protecting my children from school and the things that people do, honestly. Um, so it's about asking for help, asking for that support and not being too proud um, yeah. at all. So, yeah. There's another text here that says, Niall, uh, can I put my bit in? I'm in remission two years after 10 chemotherapy, 40 radiotherapy. And the only thing that got me through was your show. Oh, thanks very much. But the after effects are so hard. So well done to that lady. It's hard going through, going afterwards. Yeah, so in other words, it's, even when it's gone, there, there's still that kind of tough going of wondering, is it ever going to come back again? and have to worry and continue to worry about what you've been through because it's an extremely traumatic experience. And I'm sure... You will pass yeah. that your learning on to the people that you obviously help as well now. And as I said, you are a leadership coach and not only that, a cancer coach as well. And that's something we really need because so many people go through such a typical time with cancer. But look, if people want to get advice, uh, Karen, and you were to direct somebody, uh, aside from yourself as well, the Irish Cancer Society are wonderful people to talk to. Um, and I've spoken to them many times on the air as well. There are lots of different organisations people can go to. I, and uh, if they want to get in touch with you, by the way, do, how can they go yeah. about that? One thing before I say that, one thing I, I didn't get a chance to, to mention and it just popped into my head is that, you know, navigating the menopause after cancer, you know, is, oh, is okay. sometimes even harder than, than the chemo and the radio and surgery itself. So that's just something else, you know, you talk because about. Because they do tend to tie in Irish. around the same time, of course, breast cancer, the, well, the age. Medication, yeah. You see, yeah. yeah, well, the age, but the medication that people are put on after chemo to uh, maintain um, the menopause, it's sort of chemically induced menopause yeah. to ensure, you know, for some people um, who have, you know, a certain type of cancer, um, the menopause is, 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 is induced and that sometimes can be, the symptoms can be harder to deal with some for some people um, than actually the symptoms from chemo and radio and that and the you know, the menopause hub, there's there's lots of support out there um, for that as well as Irish Cancer Society for the okay. cancer side of it. Um, but get in touch with me. Yeah, I'm, I have my um, my website, Karen Kruger uh, Coaching, and um, I have my Instagram account as well um, that you can you can find me on. So, okay, so it's um, Karen Kruger. So what, what, is that is that your name on Instagram? Is it or Karen Kruger? Is it? Yes. Yeah, Karen Kruger Coach, uh, can- Karen Cancer Coach, and then um, my website is Karen Kruger Coaching dot com. Karen Kruger Coaching dot com. Well, listen, Karen, it's been a pleasure speaking to you and continue uh, continued success now on your journey forward. Uh, and I hope it doesn't continue to consume us, as you said yourself. Now, at least now you can think back to when the last time you thought it was. Unless, of course, you're doing an interview on the radio where you have to think about it all the time. And I'm sorry for bringing it all back to you again, which must be very difficult for you too, because that keeps it in your mind's eye all the time. But thank you very much indeed for talking to us, Karen. I think if people Thanks, learn Karen. anything. And, and again, I say to people, as I said last night, the one thing that should come out of this, particularly for women when we're talking about breast cancer, is self-checking. Self-checking is vital to do yes. it because people just forget to do it. They just Their lives are busy, as you said. You know, Baby's nappy needs to be Check emptied. on the first. Yeah. Check on the first. First okay. of every month. Thank you, Noel. Karen, thank you very much indeed. There you go. Uh, Karen Kruger. And um, again, it's KarenKrugerCoaching.com if you want to go to our website. KarenKrugerCoaching.com if you want to go to the website. Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.